Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, we'll be sharing an inspiring message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. How are you guys doing? Let's give a round of applause to Jesus. Let's give him the, the honor and the glory that he deserves. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. We exalt you. We welcome your presence in this place, Holy Spirit. And let's just give the Lord a shout of praise again. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. All right, so you guys can be seated. My name is Frank, uh, the tank. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, I'm not the the senior pastor of this church. I'm not the pastor of this church. Um, Our pastors are celebrating their uh, anniversary. I think their 10-year anniversary. And so we miss them. Um, But that gives me uh, the privilege and the opportunity to be able to share the word of God with you guys. Uh, I believe... I believe that the message that I'm going to share is, uh, really has the opportunity, the, the power to change your life if you really receive it tonight. How many of you guys came to receive from God? Amen. Um, you know, how many of you guys desire to do something great with your life? Amen. If you're not raising your hand, there's something wrong with you. How many of you guys don't want to waste your life, but you really want the life that God has given you on this earth to count for something, to have an impact. Amen? Amen. And I believe that good intentions are not enough. I believe that being a nice person isn't enough. There's a lot of nice people that have wasted their lives, right? And I believe that one of the main factors, determining factors, when somebody does something great in their life, something great in this world, is that they receive, they have a vision. And so I want to share with you guys on this topic, if you're taking notes, don't live your life without vision. Every single person that you can think of that ever did something great in their lives, at some point in their life, they had a vision. When you think about Thomas Edison, when you think about Uh, when you think about the founding fathers of this nation, when you think about um, Michael Jordan, when you think about people that have done something great, they had a vision for their lives. Greatness is not achieved just by chance. Can somebody say amen? And so I want to talk as much as I can about vision, and I, and I pray that some part of it will stick, it, stick to your heart and bring cause uh, an impact in your life to change the way you live, to change the future that is, al- that is already set for you by God. Amen? So close your eyes with me, and let's just ask God to open up our hearts. Lord Jesus, we just pray tonight that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, that we would receive the word that you have for us tonight, God, that we will leave this place transformed, that we will leave this place not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. I pray that you open up every heart, that you reveal the purpose for our lives, that you will reveal the vision for our future that would cause us to walk our lives different, to make decisions that need to be made, Lord. We love you. We thank you that you are here in this place, that your presence is here. And uh, we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, this happens to me every once in a while. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but I was, I was in the back, or I was here, and I was worshiping, 
And at some point, I was like thinking about it, like, man, I look like a complete weirdo right now. And then I opened my eyes, and I'm like, man, these guys all look like a bunch of complete weirdos, you know? And I'm thinking from the perspective of somebody that doesn't know the God that we know, someone that hasn't experienced God's love and God's power will look at us and be like, these guys are weirdos. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any weirdos in this place? <laughs> so, see, some people are like, what the heck's wrong with these people? You know, but I realize love makes you do strange things. You know, if you really think about it, when you see a man and a woman that love each other and they start putting their mouths together and making their tongues touch, let's not get too graphic. Like, you know how many germs you have in your mouth? Like, that's completely illogical and foolish. But for some reason, love makes you do some weird stuff. And I was, like, on the ground on my knees doing, I'm like, this is so weird. Why do I do this, you know? But just something happens when you fall in love. And when you fall in love with God, it makes you kiss him. It makes you do some, some weird stuff. Now, why do I mention that? I have no idea. But I want to talk to you guys tonight about vision. Pastor Caesar says vision is the idea from God given to man so that he might bring it to pass. Vision is the idea of God given to man so that he might bring it to pass. Vision is God's revelation of what your future can be. Can somebody say amen? Vision is God's revelation of what your future can be. Your life might be something now, but when you receive vision from God, you begin to see what your life can be. And the Bible says something beautiful in the book of Isaiah, chapter 46, verses 9 through 10. Isaiah 46, verses 9 through 10. It says, remember the former things, those of long ago. Is that my son? I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do what I please. I've heard it said before that a man, uh, a man without vision is a man without a future. And a man without a future is doomed to repeat his past. A man without vision is a man without future. And a man without future will always return to his past. You know, in order for you to, to change your future, you need to get a vision of what your, your future can be. And I love it because the Bible says that God is the one who reveals the end from the beginning. Only God, not tarot card readers, can reveal to you the end from the beginning. In other words, before God even made you, he already wrote down your end. Before God begins anything, he determines the end. In other words, purpose is, I'm going to be saying in other words a whole bunch of times, I already know it. You know, purpose is the reason for your existence. In other words, God had an assignment that needed to be done, and he created you to fulfill that assignment. You know, that's why it's a dangerous thing to, to not believe in God. That's why it's a dangerous thing to teach our kids that they came from tadpoles. Because the moment you remove the creator from the equation, you remove purpose. Right? Because God created us and he created every single one of us with a purpose. I pray that you receive that tonight. If you are here on this earth, God makes no mistakes. He doesn't do things by coinkidinks, by accidents. Everything that God does has a purpose. And that includes your life and that includes my life. Amen? He's the God who makes the end known from the beginning. And what vision does is it brings clarity. It's a snapshot of your purpose. 
Vision brings clarity. It brings an image, a picture of your purpose. You know, most people live their whole lives without ever discovering why they were truly put here on this earth to begin with. Isn't that sad that people live to the age of 80 years old and they spent 80 years of their life and never figured out why they were here from the beginning? And God doesn't want any one of us to live our lives without discovering the purpose for which we are created, without discovering the vision that God has for your future. You guys know in the Bible when God revealed himself to the prophet Jeremiah and he spoke, he showed him his vision for his future. He told them, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. In other words, before I even made you alive, before I gave you existence, I already had you in my heart. I already had you in my vision. See, for us to have vision, it means to be like God because everything that God does comes out of a vision from his heart. Amen? God has never created anything without a purpose. Write down Proverbs 19, verse 21. Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. What that means to me, that it's foolish to make plans without first discovering your purpose. You make plans and plans and more plans, and you never stop to figure out what's your purpose. And God says, you can make all the plans you want, but my purpose ultimately will prevail. So before you start making plans for your life, ask God, what is your purpose? Before you reach the end of your life, ask God, what should that end be? And then you start making plans according to your purpose. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Anything that doesn't fulfill its purpose has no reason for existence. That's kind of harsh, right? Anything in life that doesn't fulfill its purpose has no reason for existence. Purpose means the reason for which a thing exists. In other words, if I buy a cell phone and I never use it to make calls, it has no reason to exist. And this is how many people live their lives empty of purpose, empty of meaning. And to me, that's one of the saddest things in the world. Dr. Miles Monroe, a preacher of the gospel, he says, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. The saddest thing is not that you would die one day, but that you would live your whole life and never realize what you were alive for in the beginning. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a purpose. Can you guys see the importance of discovering your vision, discovering your purpose for life? Many people run really fast through life, but they're going the wrong direction. They're not going according to their purpose. I was thinking about it in my mind. It's kind of like a bird that runs faster than every other bird, but does not have the ability to fly. Is it really succeeding in life? If it's not doing what it was created to do, it might be faster than the rest of them, but it's great at the wrong thing. <laughs> Don't be great at the wrong thing. Amen? I'd rather be mediocre at the right thing than to be excellent at the wrong thing. Amen? You know, I believe the, there are four questions that every single human being asks themselves, but sadly never takes the time to figure out. And those questions are, who am I? Where do I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? It doesn't matter if you're Asian, if you're black, if you're white, if you're Mexican. Every single one of us were given that innate, those innate questions from God. But most people just push them to the side. Who am I? 
Where do I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Have you ever asked those questions in your life? Yeah? You know, I was talking to a friend of mine at, at work today, and I was somehow the conversation, not somehow, you know, I was being intentional, and somehow the conversation started talking about eternity, and I started telling him, there's nothing more important in life than to figure out where you're going to spend your eternity. Isn't that true? You know, there's no greater thing in life than that. And he's like, I don't think so. And I told him, okay, what's more important than that? And he said, my family. I told him, no, your family is not more important than that. Because if one day you die and you're not going to spend eternity with God or there is no eternity, like some would argue, then you have no purpose for your life. Your children, you're passing them an inheritance that has no purpose. There is no greater thing in life, no greater question that you must answer than where am I going after this is over? Right? And I remember one day Alba in a conversation with a, a, a guy that didn't believe in God. He was an atheist. You know, they were like talking about, about God. We were talking about God with him. And he was like um, giving these arguments. And I remember Alba told him something um, that I believe she had heard from a pastor. She told him, you know, if at the end of our lives we die and there was no God and there was no heaven, I didn't lose anything. Because I love my life, I love my marriage, I'm enjoying every day of my life. But if you're wrong, that's scary. <laughs> Amen? I got the chills just saying it. You know, if there is no life after death, you know what really made me start looking for God is this pursuit of purpose. I remember that question that I believe comes from God to every human being, and you have the option of either ignoring it or seeking God to answer it, but that question of why am I here? And that's really what I'm talking to you guys about today. Why am I here? Am I just here for no reason to work, to pay my bills, and to one day die, and that's it? And something inside of me knew that there had to be a reason for my existence, right? And somehow, as a not smart 19-year-old, I realized if I ever want to know why I'm here, I should ask the person that made me. <laughs> There's no way of knowing what you were created for without first going to the creator. Can you guys close your eyes for a second? I'm not done with my message at all, but close your eyes for a moment. You know, the reason Jesus came into this world is because our sin separated us from God. Your number one purpose in life is to re be restored back to God. The reason Jesus came and died on the cross wasn't just because he wanted to have a nice story. It was because your sins and my sins separated us from the creator, the one who wanted to have, who created you to have a relationship with you. And if till this day you've never been reunited with your maker, if you're living your life not according to the purpose that you were created I have great news for you. Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of your sins, to bring you back to God. The Bible says that we are made by him and for him. And I don't do this always in, in my messages, at least not at this time. But at some point, somebody 
gave me the opportunity to say, Jesus, I accept your forgiveness of sins. I accept your sacrifice. I accept that I need you in my life. And it's not an opportunity that I give. It's an opportunity that God gives. If you're here tonight and you say, I realize that I need the forgiveness of sins, that I need to be restored back to God so that my life can have a purpose and that one day I can spend eternity with God, I want to ask you to raise your right hand as a step of faith. You're saying, I believe you, Jesus. I believe your sacrifice. If you think that your own good deeds make you right before God, that's not true. Sin separates you from God. If you stand before a judge and you tell the judge, yes, I committed this crime, but I did a lot of good things, it doesn't matter. Your sins separate you from God. The only thing that can make you right before the eyes of God is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Stop being self-sufficient. Stop being self-dependent and recognize that you need a Savior. There's, there's many hands today, and I can't save you, but I know God sees your faith tonight. I know that he sees your heart, and I believe that tonight he's restoring you back to him. Why don't we give God a round of applause? Amen. I believe, I believe that message with all my heart. I believe one of my main purposes on, on earth is to share that message with the world because it's changed my life. So let me, let me keep on sharing a little bit. I know that feels like I just ended this whole thing. But um, couldn't be far from the truth. I believe that God wants to show you your purpose. I believe that God wants you to live your life every day with a vision. The first point is vision is what gives your life meaning. Vision is what gives your life meaning. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, people what? Ooh, I got a, we got a church that reads the word of God. Amen. Don't ever just base your wisdom and your knowledge on what the preacher says. Read the word of God for yourself. Amen. The Bible says that without vision, people perish. Vision is what gives your life meaning. And it's sad that most people in life aren't alive. They're not living. They're just surviving. They're just getting by. You know, Martin Luther King said something that I like to repeat a bunch of times. He says, until a man has found something that he's willing to die for, he's not yet fit for life. Tell me that's not awesome. Until a man has found something that he's willing to die for, he's not yet fit for life. What are you living for? Is it just for another paycheck? Is it just for the weekend to rest, to entertain yourself? God wants you to live your life with the vision that burns inside of you. That's my next point, so don't get carried away. <laughs> you know, most people live for money. They live for entertainment, and that's why they're dead. They're perishing day by day, just trying to make it, just trying to survive. And I know that God doesn't want any single one of us to live our lives that way. Can somebody say amen? amen. Vision is what gives meaning to your life. You guys, I'm sure most of you have heard of Helen Keller. Helen Keller was born without sight. She was born um, mute and deaf. And one day in an, in an interview, this girl figured out how to, how to read, how to write herself. And, one, and she made an impact in the world. And one day they were interviewing her and they asked her, what could be worse than to be born without sight? And she said, the only thing worse than to being born without sight is to have sight but no vision. Is to be born with sight, but to have no vision. Why? Because sight allows you to see what is, but vision allows you to see what can be. 
And so therefore, it's greater to have vision. You know that you can't have faith without vision because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance of what you don't see. It's when your vision supersedes what your natural eyes see. Amen? Vision, ooh, I love this. Okay, calm down, Frank. Vision, <laughs> vision will bring out your greatest potential. Let me explain that as best as I could. Vision will put will pull your greatest potential out of you. You know that every single one of you was, so check this out. God created you with a great purpose, with a great vision, and your vision is what pulls out that potential out of you. In other words, right now, you're not the person that can fulfill the vision that God created you. But when you have that picture clear, it starts forming you. It starts challenging you. Some of you, you know that God has called you to pastor multitudes. Amen? But you see your life and you're like, uh, I'm still like can't even do my devil. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Right? But when you have that vision clear, it starts pulling the greatness out of you that God has placed in there. I don't know if you got it, but I got it. Shoot. <laughs> vision pulls out your greatest potential. Can you say amen, Peter? I said Peter. Why are you guys all? <laughs> Number two, vision is your greatest source of passion. Vision is your greatest source of passion. People live passionless lives. They live lives that have no drive, that have no direction. I remember hearing Pastor Elney say, holiness without vision is the most boring religion. Holiness without vision is the most boring religion for you to try to live a holy life and try not to do this, but have no vision, that's just boring. To go to the gym without vision, to go to the gym overall is torture. But to go to the gym, uh, well, not everybody would agree. It's not from God, seriously, no. But to, go, but to go to the gym without vision is just you torturing yourself, you know? And to, to seek holiness without having a vision for your life. See, vision is what drives you to walk right in the eyes of God. Vision is what drives you to your knees to pray when you're too tired to pray. Vision is what drives you to get in the word of God because you know that God has a better family for you than the one you're experiencing right now. And so that vision of it gets you in the word of God and say, God, change me so that I can be the husband, the father that you called me to be. Amen? But when you have no vision, you have no passion, you have no drive for your life. And I realize that at least here in America, most people will go to church for 30 years and at the end of the 30 years be in the exact same place that they are, if not worse. You know why? Because they go to church, but they never receive vision. Something changes when you go to church and you start seeing yourself, I'm going to lead a cell group one day. I'm going to be a pastor one day. I'm going to preach at an encounter so that God can use me to change somebody's life. Now all of a sudden, you begin to grow. You begin to push yourself into that calling that God has given you. But if you go to church and your only goal is to not lose your salvation, your only goal is to not fall into too big of a sin, then you're going to spend 40 years going to the house of God, but everybody's going to look at you like if, you've, like if you haven't been going to the house of God. Vision is what brings passion to your life. Let me ask you, are you really living every day of your life with passion? Some of you look like you got no passion right now, but I'm going to hold myself back. Some of you guys come to church with no passion, no enthusiasm, because you have vision. You don't have no vision. You're not really believing that God's going to speak to you. You're not really believing that God's going to speak the word that you've been praying for. Some of you guys pray for God to give you a word every day, and then you come to church, and you don't even expect to receive a word. But let me go back to my message. Let me ask you, are you really, are you really living your life 
with passion. Sometimes I joke too much. I'm not trying to entertain, but it just happens naturally. But honestly, guys, stop playing. Honestly, can you say that you went through this week with a passion? Like a driving force that got you up in the morning, passionate about life, passionate about getting closer to your calling, about getting closer in your relationship with God. If not, I'm telling you, you need vision for your life. Amen. You know, there's, there's this very famous story. I've read it in, in different books. I've read it in a few John Maxwell books. He says, he says this story that, that a man passes by and he sees three men laying down bricks. And he asks these men, he asks the first one, what are you doing? And he's like, what do you mean what I'm doing? I'm laying down bricks. He asks the second guy, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a wall. He asked the third person, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm building a, a church that will glorify the living God. <laughs> building a tabernacle. You know, the difference between those three men is that one of them had vision. One of them was just doing activity after activity. But the third one saw purpose to what he was doing. I'm building a place where God's going to be glorified. I'm building a temple for the king of kings. You know, and the same thing is true. I can go up to three of you guys and ask you, why, why are you going to Destiny Training tomorrow on Sunday? And one of you will be like, well, I got to pass the class. Another one of you will say, well, I got to get ready to lead a cell group. Another one of you will say, I'm getting ready to pastor the multitudes that God has called me to pastor. Amen? See, when you have vision, you have passion. Tell me, is it not true? Some of you guys go to Destiny Training wishing you had Destiny Training every day. Because it's training for you for your vision, for your destiny. And then others go to destiny training like your leaders are forcing you to go to destiny training. Because you have no vision. You know what, what leadership is? Leadership is helping people get to the place they already want to get to. But they need somebody in their life to bring that discipline, to bring that help. You know, and if your leaders are still dragging you to do the things that you should be doing, you don't have vision for your life. My job as a leader is to help my disciples raise an amazing family for God. It's to help them walk according to the calling that God has given them. And when I bring correction to their lives, it's with that purpose. And the ones that don't have vision, they see it like, man, why is this guy trying to tell me what to do in my life? Right? But the ones that understand, I want that. That's what I want for my life. They're like, please, form me more. You know, we had, <laughs> no, never mind, I'm not going to get this, I just, I just thought of a, one, one, one of a, a, a girl that we used to lead, <laughs> she's so funny, one, one girl that we used to lead, she's all, Alva, disciple me, slap me if you need to, <laughs> you remember, babe? <laughs> Sorry, I just made that up in church, nah, she said, she said that for real, we're like, okay, that, I, I see the heart, but you know, I think you're misunderstanding, and so that leads me into my next point, vision is your greatest source of discipline. Vision is your greatest source of discipline. Are you guys receiving so far? Yeah. Amen. Vision is your greatest source of discipline. Nothing disciplines your life like vision. Nothing brings discipline in your life. That means that if you have no vision, you will have no discipline in your life. Discipline is simply the self-imposed guidelines that you give yourself in order to, 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 to receive a greater goal. Right? When you go to the gym... You, you, you discipline yourself because you, you want to get that, that six-pack like Ryan, you know? At least if that's what I... <laughs> now, I don't go to the gym, but if I did, that's what I would go for, right? <laughs> discipline is the self-imposed <laughs> rules <laughs> that you give yourself in order to receive a higher goal. That's why the Bible says 
Without vision, people perish. Another version says, without vision, people cast off restraint. In other words, without vision, people remove the discipline from their lives. Let me ask you, are you struggling in your discipline, in your life, in your relationship with God? I'm telling you, get vision for your life. You know, I read, I read there's this video in YouTube about Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's blueprint for those two weeks that I got into bodybuilding. Because <laughs> I, I saw a picture of Chuck, and I was like, if he can do that, I can do that. Anyways, <laughs> I saw that there's this video of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it was so crazy. He talked about when he was 15 years old, he saw, I believe it was a Mr. Olympia contest, and he saw those guys walking with those arms like Peter and like Samson. And he began to visualize himself one day walking down and people cheering him, people giving him glory. That's not a vision from God, by the way, but it's a vision. You know, he started, he says it like that. I saw people standing up for me, applauding for me. And you know what? He said, it was never hard for me to have discipline because I knew what I wanted. He said he enjoyed going to the gym. I didn't even know that was possible. He said he enjoyed going to the gym. He would spend six hours a day in the gym. Why? Because he had a vision for his life. And many of us have no discipline in our life because you have no vision. You come to church just to come to church. You don't come to church because you believe that God can use you to change this world. When you start believing God placed me here in California to change it, to impact it with the kingdom of God, all of a sudden it becomes easy for you to have discipline. No, your, your pastors, your leaders don't have to force you to do your devotional. You start sending your leaders three devotionals. Come on, somebody. Please don't do that. I have a life. <laughs> you know, I was sharing about the purpose of leadership, and I remember Pastor Pablo talking about this one day. Um, he said, you know that the greatest athletes themselves have coaches? You know that the, the, all the Olympic um, people that perform in the Olympics, they're like the top, top of the line at what they do. And every single one of them has a coach. Michael Phelps had a coach. Ain't nobody better at swimming than Michael Phelps. You know what I'm saying? But yet he had a, besides Chris over there, but yet he had a coach you know that people that have vision pay for leadership? <laughs> people that have vision, they, they look out. They'll pay whatever price they need to pay. Why? Because they have a vision. They want, they want that accountability. They want somebody to correct them. I'm like, why would Michael Phelps want a coach? Because there's somebody that has a perspective that he doesn't have. There's somebody that can see things in his life that he doesn't have. Man, when you start getting vision, you will, you will be so grateful for your leadership. You will beg your leadership. You'll cry out for, come on, anyways. You'll cry out for leadership. You know what I'm saying? But do you have a vision for your life? Because if you don't, then when your leadership starts correcting every areas of your life, you hate it. They become your torturers instead of your guides. <laughs> Amen? Take it or leave it. Um, discipline, discipline is what will determine success in your life. Discipline is what determines success in anyone's life. And in your walk with Christ. When you think about someone like Michael Jordan, we admire people like that. Why? Because they had a discipline that other people weren't willing to pay. When you think about Michael Phelps and the success that he reached, it was discipline in his life that caused him to do those things. You guys get that? We admire people. The reason that someone becomes a leader and somebody doesn't is because one person has discipline that brings a sense of trust that I can trust this person that can take me down this path. 
It's discipline that determines the level of success. Why do I say that? Because vision is what determines your level of discipline. Amen? I think you guys got that. Um, God gives you vision, but you are responsible for protecting it. God gives you vision, but you're responsible for protecting it. You know what's one of the scariest things is that God won't stop you from failing. God can give you a vision, but he won't stop you from failing. You know, I find it funny that when Adam was about to eat from that fruit, God didn't reach out his hand and slap his hand. Adam, what are you doing? <laughs> right? God doesn't stop you from failing. God gives you a vision, and you are responsible to protect that dream, to protect that vision, to bring it to pass. One of the saddest stories in the Bible was a man named Samson, Samson who had a great vision to be the deliverer of the people of Israel. But, you know, Samson ended up losing his sight one day. But I realized that before Samson ever lost his sight, he lost his vision. Before Samson ever fell into sin, fell into temptation, lost his discipline, first he had lost his vision. He had lost the reason for which he was created. Some of you, you started coming to church and you had a vision to do something great from God, for God. And now you're struggling with temptation. You're struggling with the silliest little things. Because you lost your vision. And to me, that's, that's a reality check. That someone as great as Samson, somebody with such great potential, with such a great calling from God, can lose their vision and God didn't stop him from failing. Amen? You must keep your vision always at hand, always at heart. You know, I, I thought about what if Samson would have had leadership? If some of you guys don't, don't know it yet, I love leadership. I think it's super important for me to be led. But I think, what if Samson would have had leadership in his life? What if we would have had somebody that he can be accountable to that can say, hey, Samson, what are you doing talking to those girls? What are you doing talking to them? Hoochie mamas. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Ooh, focus, right? Okay, let me get back to the spiritual realm. <laughs> you know, what if, he had, what if he would have had somebody that can say, hey, your calling is greater than that? Don't, don't sacrifice your calling for something so silly. The greater potential, catch this, the greater potential you have, the more need you have for leadership. The greater the potential that's in your life, the greater the need you have for leadership. There was no one that had a greater anointing, greater calling from God than King David in his time. And you know what kept David from falling? Is that he submitted to his leadership. When the prophet Nathan, now understand this, King David had a greater vision, a greater calling from God than the prophet Nathan, but he understood the importance of being under leadership. You know it's possible to be under leadership and not really be under leadership? You know it's possible to be under someone and not, you're not really under somebody? You, you complain and you make excuses every time they try to correct an area of your life? The greater vision you have, the greater potential in your life, the greater need you have for leadership. Don't ever get to a place where you think you don't need to be led anymore. Can somebody say amen? amen? Don't ever get to a place where you think that you don't need to be accountable anymore, where you got enough. If King David understood he needed that, then you and I need that. Amen? Fourth point, vision simplifies your life. Vision simplifies your life. You know, the moment that you know where you're going, you automatically know what places not to go, right? You know, one of the things that Alba and I, we haven't done as much, we got to get back to it, babe. Remind me. 
I love you. You look super cute. But let me preach real quick. Stop distracting me. You know, the moment you know where you're going, you automatically know where not to go. And I was going to say, um, one of the things that we used to do a lot is we would make our single people write down what qualities, what they were looking for in a future husband and a future wife. You know why? Because the moment you write down and you have a clear vision of what you're looking for, then any, anybody that doesn't meet those needs, you don't even waste your time. If you want to get married and you don't even have a vision, you don't even know what you're looking for, the moment a cute guy, the moment a girl speaks to you nice, you're like, oh, that's an option. <laughs> because you have no vision. You don't know what you want, and so the enemy will tell you what you want. Somebody with nice legs will tell you what you want. Vision automatically tells you what roads not to take. It automatically tells you what people not to hang out with. It automatically tells you what books not to read because there's a waste of time. Some of y'all be spending way too much reading romance novels. What are you doing? How's that taking you to your purpose? You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all waste way too much time reading nonsense magazines or just spending time with people that are going nowhere. You know that people that ain't going nowhere want you to go with them? <laughs> right? The moment you have vision for your life, you know exactly what doors not to open. You know exactly what people not to hang out with. Amen? You know, I, this is one of the, the main things that I, that I pray I get across to you guys today. So let me try to put it as best as I can. You were not created to do everything good in life. You were not created to be great at everything. You know, I remember growing up in high school... Uh, I wanted to be the best skater. I wanted to be the best musician. I even, I even did break dancing for a little bit. Don't let that leave this. Don't let that leave this room. You know, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be great at everything because there's you, you start finding your identity and your sense of significance in you being better than other people. But you know what's the most freeing thing is that you weren't created to be to do everything. You were created by God with an assignment with a purpose, with a vision. There's a saying that says, jack of all trades, but master of none. And that's how people live their lives. They, they're decent at everything, but they're not great at anything. You know, when, when, they, when um, Steve Jobs was one of the founders of, of Apple, and at some point he left, and when he came back, one of the first things that Steve Jobs did was Apple was making 350 products at that time. One of the first things that Steve Jobs did was he said, we're only going to make 10 products from now on. We're going to stop being mediocre at making a bunch of stuff, and we're going to be excellent at just doing these things. And I love the fact that God didn't create me to do everything. Why? Because trying to do everything is what brings stress to your life. When Jesus saw Mary and Martha, and Martha started complaining, she's like, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. Jesus told Martha, 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 you're worried and upset about many things, but only few things are necessary. Indeed, only one. Stress and worry come from when you're trying to do everything in life. You're trying to be a pro at everything. You're trying to be an expert at everything. And God didn't create you to do everything. You know, when you think about, I'll use people that I've used. When you think about Michael Jordan, what do you think about? When you think about Thomas Edison, inventor, the light bulb. When you think about Michael Phelps. Now let me ask you, when, they, when people think about you, what do they think about? Hey, that's, that's what they should think about, right? Why do we think about, when we think about Michael Jordan, why do we think about basketball? Because that was his focus. That's what he learned to master in his life. And most of us, when people think about us, they don't think about anything. 
Because we haven't figured out what we need to master. We haven't figured out our vision, our calling in life. And I've been trying to get down to the place. I've heard people recommend that when you write your vision, if you can get it to the point that you can write your whole life in one sentence, then you'll start walking towards it. Because we're so vague, like, oh, I want to feed the poor. I want to preach in prison, which is not, not bad, you know. But I realize Jesus, i never seen Jesus feeding the poor. I seen him break bread and, and multiplying it. Not he tell like we should feed the poor. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I, I never saw Jesus going to prison ministries. I saw Jesus form 12 disciples for three and a half years, focus, focus, focus. And then they ended up changing the world. But yet we, you know, the, the greatest enemy to great is good. You guys have heard that before, right? The greatest enemy, there might they might be good things, but they're not the right thing for you. Is somebody catching this? You were not created by God to do everything in life. And the moment you realize what you were created to do, that's when you'll start changing. That's when your life will start changing. That's when the people around you will begin to change. Amen? I remember I would hear Pastor Caesar give this, this analogy of, of lion tamers. Do you guys ever see like the old pictures, old cartoons where you got this guy with the whip and a chair? And he's like... You're like, what the heck? How is he like fighting off a big old beast of a lion? And he's just like a little skinny dude with a whip and a chair. Now watch me whip. Now watch me lion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? And so Pastor Caesar will talk about the reason, the reason these lion tamers. You saw that one, right, Anthony? That was good. Huh? The reason lion tamers would do this is because if they showed a lion a chair, a lion becomes paralyzed when it has too many things to focus on. And so he's looking at all four of the legs, trying to figure out which one of them he should catch. Instead of looking at the target, which he should be trying to kill the dude, whipping him, right? But he's so distracted, so paralyzed. The, the devil does the same thing in our lives. He paralyzes you with this vision and that vision. And then, oh, maybe if you do that, that'll be good. Maybe, oh, this is a good thing. But you know, when the devil tempted Eve, he didn't tempt her with something bad. He tempted her with something that looked good. Because the greatest killer of your vision is distraction. It's distraction. Let me figure out how I want to end this. <laughs> you guys received so far? <laughs> it's because I had another point. But, you know, why don't we go ahead and stand up for a moment while the Holy Spirit shows me what to do? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, just some advice. When you preach, don't do what I just did. <laughs> Amen. But I believe that this was a message that God has, has been burning and, and stirring in my heart. And I believe that God wants you, that he wants this church to begin to walk with purpose. Yeah. To begin to walk your life with focus. I started off this sermon by saying, how many of you guys don't want to waste your lives? How many of you guys want to do something in your life that makes an impact? I was sharing uh, this message with my cell group, and I told them that nine years ago, I remember we did this little thing, Alba and I, that, that we, we decided to do this little experiment. We wrote down what we want to leave as a legacy, what we want people to say about my life, about her life, the day that I pass away or at my memorial service or at my funeral service, because at some point, I realized that I need to start with the end in mind. What do I want to leave behind in this life? What do I want to leave behind to my children? What do I want my children to be able to say about their dad? Have you ever asked yourself that? 
Like, what do you want people to say about you? What do you want your, your kids when they stand up one day and, 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 and give that speech about who their dad was and who their mom was? Do you want them to just say, like, oh, I, I thank my dad because he paid bills all the time. He clothed us. I thank my dad because he was there. You know, most people have to lie in those funeral services because most people don't intentionally leave a legacy behind. Most people just live their lives and, and hope that it's all going to work out for good. But the Bible says that without vision, people perish. It's not talking about that you die physically. We all die physically. It's talking about that you die spiritually. It's talking about that your life has no meaning, has no purpose. And I believe that tonight, if you allow God, he wants to ignite bring back vision into your life, restore, that you would start living your life with a purpose. Many of you, you already have a vision from God, but you stop focus on, focusing on it. You got distracted. Why don't you guys close your eyes for a moment? Lord, we just thank you so much for, for your presence. We thank you so much, God, that we have the privilege to be in this place, to be in your house, God. Thank you because one day you rescued us when we were living our lives without meaning, without purpose, God. We were just trying to survive, trying to get by, Lord. But you showed us that there's a purpose for our life, that, that you created us, that before we were formed in our mother's womb, you knew us, God. I thank you because every single person in this place, God, has a purpose for their life. If the enemy has lied to them and told them that they are a mistake, that they don't have a real purpose, that they're just an accident, maybe because their parents didn't plan them, God, but I thank you that you planned every single one of us. Even if our mom or dad didn't plan us, God, you don't make mistakes. We are your children, God. We belong to you. I pray that tonight, God, you would put a vision in our hearts, a vision that would burn, God, that we would wake up every day of our lives intentionally focus God that we won't waste our lives Lord if you're here tonight and you and you just feel like you've been coming to church week after week but you lost that passion you lost that fire you lost that drive really you lost that vision I believe that God wants to restore this in your life if that's you and you know that you've just been coming to church, going to cell group, going to life class training, but you lost that passion, I want to invite you to come to the front. I want, you, I want to invite you to spend that time with God in his presence and say, God, I need vision for my life. I need vision for my life, God. I don't want to waste my life. I want to have that passion that I had. Or maybe you never had that passion before. But tonight you want to say, God, give me that passion. Give me that drive, Lord. I don't want to just come to church. I don't want to just do my devotional and never feel your presence with me, God. I don't want to go to destiny training, to my cell group, and feel like it's a drag every time. Jesus, when you went on the cross, you had a vision of rescuing our lives. You had a vision of restoring us. And the Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Begin to ask God, give me a fresh vision. Restore my vision for my life. This is not a religious ritual. Tell God with the simple words that you have. You don't have to sound like anybody else. God knows your heart. God knows your desires. Tell him, God, give me vision for my life. 
Put that passion back again, God, that I know my life will make a difference, God, that I will reach the end of my life fulfilling the assignment that you gave me birth to fulfill, Lord. Restore my vision, God. Restore my vision. Restore my vision, God. Restore my purpose. Give me that fire, Lord. Give me that passion. Give me that passion. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. We have a God who hears our prayers. We have a God who hears our hearts, who sees our desires, our needs. I believe that many of you tonight, God, wanted to show you that you were getting distracted, that you were getting distracted with many things that appear to be good, but God wants to get you back on track today. God wants to restore that vision for your life. 